Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Phantom Galaxy. I'm your host, Nathan Barbal, and I'm joined now with uh, Chris Durham. We are kind of bringing you a kind of quick review episode. Uh, we just got back from Thor Ragnarok, the screening of Thor Ragnarok, which mm-hmm. is the, the third in Marvel's Thor series. And then the only thing standing between us and Infinity War Part 1 is uh, the Black Panther movie, which I think, all things considered, will probably have less tie-ins in some ways. Potentially. Yeah, Infinity War, I think, than this movie does. I wonder, though, if they're not going to have some kind of, Wakanda being what it is, some sort of tie-ins with like creating some sort of weapons or something to defeat... I think I so. They'll, they'll probably take that time to make a um, an origin story, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they tend to be... I think they tend to build less into the overall worlds when their entire Marvel Universe when they're trying to do the standalone. True. Mm-hmm. So this review will be spoiler-free, issue a very clear spoiler warning before we talk about anything that, I will say this, that you don't see in the trailers. Mm-hmm. So if you saw it in the trailer, it's fair game as far totally as Totally fair concerned. game, yeah. yeah. Chris, you want to go first? What did you think about this? I was super excited going into it, and I remained excited as I watched it. Um, this is... Uh, another one of their fun sci-fi romps, and I think Marvel really does well when they try to go out to the wilder universe, you know, the the bigger expanded universe, be it the mystical or the supernatural sci-fi. Um, and this is definitely one of their sci-fi movies. After the hilarity in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Gal- Volume One and Two, um, this fits right in with the tone too. It's a very fun movie, funny, entertaining kind of movie. I found myself. Uh, Thoroughly enjoying all the kind of like hijinks we had on the screen. Loaded down with uh, all kinds of great cast and just tons and tons of like alien ships and stuff. So for the sci-fi junkie, you're going to find a lot of cool things to look at. For the people who love a good Thor story, this is this pretty solid, entertaining Thor story. I feel like they mixed it with like World War Hulk. I think they said they were never going to actually do a World War Hulk movie. That this was the closest we'd get to that. Um, but it's they kind of mesh that time in with the Thor um, aspect of it, um, and it's a good like group picture because there are multiple heroes involved and it's very fun. Yeah, I uh, I too was kind of excited about it. I really like I really like the director uh, Taika Waititi who did previously. He's mostly done smaller comedy films. Mm-hmm. It's mostly known for What We Do in the Shadows, mm-hmm. which was the kind of vampire mockumentary sort of movie. And they um, even get a little vampire joke in Ragnarok, too. They, they do. They yeah. do get a vampire joke in there, uh, which is which is very funny, but definitely the kind of movie you don't necessarily look at it and say, I want this guy to direct Thor. You know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think that initially. I mean, but that's been... You don't look at the movie Slither and say, I want this guy to direct Guard, um, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. You don't look at Clown and say, I want this guy to direct Spider-Man. But all those <laughs> things have worked out for Marvel so far. And now I don't want um, anyone else to direct yes. Thor going forward. <laughs> and, 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 you know, The Hunt for the Wilder People was the other movie. And these are smaller, like, character-driven movies. I, and also, we ended up seeing it in 3D. I was I uh, thought we were going to get a 2D screening. <laughs> and at the last minute, they pulled a 3D screening. But I think a combination of... We were in the IMAX, and then kind of where we were sitting was like mm-hmm. probably perfect positioning for the 3D. So yeah. 3D kind of worked all right for me. I think most was a little distracting on mine. I was right next to you, but uh, 3D always tends to be a little weirdly distracting for me. For me, um, I wear glasses, so I have the same. I have an issue where if I turn to the left or right, yeah. I have double images, and it happens. Like, yeah, so that's that's why I really don't like 3D. Literally, like even with this film, like if I turn left, I had two 
of whoever was on screen. <laughs> oh, no. Um, that's terrible. That was okay when it was, you know, Kate Blanchett or Jeff Goldblum, you know, you get some <laughs> yeah. double. But, like, it just, it splits everything in half. So, but for the amount of detail and world building and, and, and visuals and just the way the fight scenes were laid out, pretty impressed that a guy who's mostly done smaller independent comedy films mm-hmm. really found his way around a movie with so many production elements on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the credits run for about 20 minutes on this thing. Not, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, uh, exaggerating a little bit, but I don't can't remember the last time I saw so many FX houses. It was maybe since Lord of the Rings or mm. something, or, or Star Wars. I mean, this thing's loaded down visually... The interesting thing about the movie is it doesn't really ever draw attention to the special effects. That might be a weird thing to say. But <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's no big set piece here. Well, there are big set pieces. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of pure comic book imagery in the film. There's a lot of fantasy imagery. Mm-hmm. It's really it's produced beautifully. But jokes do come to the forefront. Comedy comes to the forefront. Characters come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. There's a lighter tone on this in the previous two Thor movies. Uh, but at the same time, they play a lot more with the Norse mythology in yeah. this movie. They're not ashamed of the Norse mythology. See, Thor one wanted to was was testing the water, so they played it very much science fictiony a mm-hmm. little bit, and they kept trying to remind us that these are just interdimensional worlds, and the ice giants aren't really a fraud, you know, ice giants. And your version of magic is our version of technology. Yeah. So yeah. now that we've gotten a Doctor Strange movie under our belts, now that we've gotten a Guardians of the Galaxy, two Guardians of the Galaxies, and we've had an Ant-Man movie. Like, they don't care anymore. Now we have <laughs> full-blown scenes of Valkyries riding on Pegasuses. And, yeah. You know, uh, we've got Fenrir the Giant Wolf and I wonder Lava if some Monsters. Of that, I wonder if some of that has something to do with the fact of that of how well Wonder Woman did that, adding their mythology to the, the universe, like, you know, the, the Greek mythology at the beginning, and do it, melding it so well and being received so well. I wonder if that influenced it in any way. Maybe well, minor. I don't, I don't know. I think that probably both Wonder Woman and this Thor and the previous Thor movie mm. were just influenced by the fact that Thor, the original, did well. Because by the time Wonder Woman was in production, this Thor movie was probably already mostly produced. Yeah. Um, given we've only got a couple months apart. I think they both benefit from the fact of just sort of embracing that world. Uh, now, I personally think that Thor... Ragnarok, to me, is one of the closest just distillations of a pure, fun, 30-page comic book that you could get. Like Absolutely. I, said, yeah. I think when Nathan and I were reviewing um, Doctor Strange last year, I said something similar, but I think this is even more in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the things I liked about Guardians of the Galaxy are here. It's a, it's a combination of a few things. It's not just, oh, there's a lot of action here. Hey, we've got these characters you like doing cool, fun mm-hmm. things. The humor is a big part of it, too. It's the way that scenes are staged so that there's multiple punchlines happening all at one time. I mean, there's an there's an action punchline with his hammer where the comic joke is coming right behind it. Mm-hmm. And then in the very next scene, you might have a dramatic moment that's sort of sneaking up behind all that stuff. It's very nicely blended. It's blended yeah. more seamlessly, I feel. It's easy to take this movie for granted because I don't think it's ever really like calling that much attention to itself. Mm-hmm. I enjoy these action scenes. I thought they were far superior to anything that was in Thor 1 or Thor 2. And to be perfectly honest, I enjoyed most of these action scenes better than even like the Avenger movies. Yeah, to be honest, these the action scenes in this movie grabbed me more than a lot of the most recent stuff. I was definitely more entertained by like watching what was going on on screen 
with the crazy fight scenes and stuff um, with this movie than I have been in a lot of the Marvel movies. So I was impressed by that, that it actually caught my attention. Because after a while, you get into a certain level of like, well, I've seen somebody beat someone up a thousand times with superpowers, and you kind of get weary of the fight scenes. But this, this felt fresh and fun and interesting to watch. The director here, he never tried to shy away from the fact that he's He's using CGI, that he's, mm-hmm. sometimes these things look like a pinball game, yeah. and he doesn't move away from that. He does, to me, the kinds of things that I feel like Zack Snyder is trying to do. I, I've already done it, guys. Sorry, I'm comparing DC to Marvel. <laughs> it's not really what I mean to do, but like when I look at what seems to be happening in the Justice League trailers and in like Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman's kind of a separate thing. But And, and in, honestly, some of Zack Snyder's other movies, like when he tries to capture that... Milu, sometimes to me it just looks like I'm just watching the special effects kind of bounce around. There, mm-hmm. There's something happening in this movie where characters that are involved in the action, particularly the characters we're trying to follow, they always find their way into the foreground and the action sort of revolves around them. For mm-hmm. instance, Cate Blanchett, probably not a big spoiler here to say, is the villain of the piece. Yeah. She comes in. I won't get into too much about who exactly she is, but she brands herself pretty early as the goddess of death, and she delivers on that. <laughs> um, and her costuming is fabulous. It's I was telling Chris, it's interesting sometimes to see the characters <laughs> who don't normally go out for the leather, to be in the leather, or yes. in, the, in the, the spandex suits, you know. Kate Blanchett, uh, she's, she's kind of firing on all cylinders in terms of the uh, villain. She's got the villain oh, yeah, going. Absolutely. She's got the kind of superhero spins Femme and kicks and stuff too, yeah. going, and the acting element too. You know, so yeah. she kind of brings all in a nice package. One of my, think, by far, my favorite villains in the Marvel universe. Absolutely, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, it's definitely one of the better villains in recent years. And and they tie her in a nice way to kind of like, not they don't tie her. I mean, dramatically, but the way they present her isn't that far from the way they presented Loki in the first Thor movie. Mm-hmm who was also, uh, in that movie, was one of the better Marvel villains. Mm-hmm. And then it's probably not too much to say that we see Loki in a kind of a somewhat different light. I mean, not completely, but I feel like what they were trying to do with Thor the Dark World and kind of show, without without making Thor come to Loki's side or Loki come to Thor's side, kind of trying to have that brother relationship, mm-hmm. it felt very labored and very kind of superficial in Thor The Dark World. I just never, like... It felt, yeah, very different here. Yeah, it, it felt like they were trying to do a couple different things, and it wasn't... It just was laid on top of that movie, so that the action in Thor The Dark World kept interfering with it. I feel like it feels much more natural, much more organic. Mm-hmm. I also kind of feel like the, the director, in some ways, has just let uh, Hemsworth and kind of Hiddleston go at it sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wonder how much of some of the, what they do is even scripted in this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of banter... There's a lot of playing off of each other that that really works. Part mm-hmm. of that's because the rest of the very organic is yeah. good. Like Kate Blanchett's great. Like I said, uh, Jeff Goldblum shows up, and <laughs> we see certain names, certain actors that are known for bringing a very specific kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you get excited. You see that person. Oh, so and so is going to be in this movie. And a lot of times when they show up, they don't make that much of an impact. It's a, either blinking, you miss some cameo, or they're just kind of not use that well. Mm-hmm. And here, Goldblum, they kind of use him for exactly what yeah. you would use Goldblum for. And it, he's probably had one of his better and weirder roles than in quite a while. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, they let him go full Goldblum, <laughs> yeah. if you will. 
And they've built a nice little role for him. And he fits into this universe kind of well. He definitely is part mm-hmm. of the reason there's so much levity. But they definitely just kind of let him do his thing, I think. Oh, like, yeah. They, like, the only other place that they just let Goldblum be Goldblum is in Wes Anderson movies. Like, to this degree. Yeah. Or Portlandia. Or Portlandia. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like... But letting him just be himself in this universe, I just loved pretty much everything they did with it. To me, this was a better building towards something like the Infinity War because forget plot points. I'm not saying that every plot point is built towards that. But if if you're the kind of person going in to look to see things getting tied together and Mm -hmm. moving towards it, that absolutely happens. I read a couple of reviews where people were saying, oh, this doesn't seem to move anything forward. That's completely nonsense given what happens in this movie. You may not feel like that in many cases, but it's definitely moving the overarching mm-hmm. story. The, the The world of Thor is very epic, so of course big epic things that would impact the entire universe happen. So let's talk about the Hulk for a minute, because the Hulk <laughs> is in this movie, and like you had said, I think that that comment about the World War Hulk, mm-hmm. that's probably accurate. I mean, mm-hmm. we're never going to get a movie quite like that. Uh, the Hulk as a character isn't quite that place. But what it... So, when the Hulk does enter into this movie, and I will say, I kind of wish that that had just been saved for us. Like, I I know it might have been very hard to do, <laughs> yeah. but I think... That's a huge draw for ticket sales, though. They have it to. is, but the way it's laid out in the movie, they have a building moment that if you don't know it's him, mm-hmm. it would have been so much more effective. It would have gotten... Yeah. Like, the cheers you got in the trailer would have been magnified by about, you know, four times... <laughs> If, if you had not known that was going to happen. Just imagine walking to that movie and not knowing. True. And if you were someone that somehow managed to avoid the trailers and you just heard me mention the Hulks in the movie, oh well. But I Hulk's always been a personal favorite. I don't think that they've managed to do him justice in the movies yet. I mean, I like Ruffalo's uh, version of the Hulk. I like his mm. interpretation, but he's we haven't got to see a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie that where Hulk is at center stage. You know, he's really only seen him in the yeah. Avenger movies. And playing a little bit of second fiddle. He gets big moments. Here, they give him a a lot more to do, Mm -hmm. for the most part. And he gets a lot of interplay as the Hulk, not just as Ruffalo. Ruffalo's doing a, as Banner, does a nice, fun job. But it's the Hulk that's really the kind of, like, shines here. Absolutely. And he's kind of been the Hulk for a little bit of time. And so, you see him starting to be comfortable in his skin as the Hulk. Which, um, I would watch a whole movie of, of that oh yeah it's funny because I think probably one of my biggest complaints with this movie is really and it, it's, I wouldn't even say it a complaint if I had to find things that I had issues with it's just that you just kind of want to see more uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to see more of a Hulk and Thor together doing their thing I wanted to see more of what Kate Blanchett was doing mm-hmm. Uh, there's pretty not, there's pretty much nothing in this movie you mentioned that, and I'm like I could have easily watched another 35 minutes or so of this movie. Oh, I yeah. think it's paced very well. Uh, it is definitely more comedic than the other films. I think most of the other Marvel movies, mm-hmm. maybe not Guardians. Guardians is its comic identities there, but I don't think that moves it away from being uh, like having some of the big grandiose moments that they want that. That Marvel wants to have in their movies, and that's just sometimes like we got to be serious, so we get this dramatic moment. Mm-hmm. This director is kind of flexible enough; he can move between and give you a big dramatic moment, absolutely and a silly, goofy moment. Yeah, that was a surprise to me because I just figured it would just be this big goofy romp, and it was. But there was a lot more to it than that. It's not afraid to take like almost like a Three Stooges level moment, yeah, in the middle of something serious happening. It frequently does. Yes, yeah. it, it frequently does. So you have to, but again. 
this is sort of what you get when you sign up for comic books. Anything that really stood out to you, Chris, really, that, um, I mean, again, I think we're just going to keep this non-spoilery. Uh, we can always come back and talk about it later, but wanted to get something up and out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like where it started. It started at a place everybody was wondering where the hell Thor has been. And you, he kind of starts it off and explains slightly where how he got to where he is. So you don't have the whole story. But it does give you a good place of, like, what's Thor's goal been in the past few movies. Clearly we've needed him at certain points. but um, And then it takes that and just goes straight for the gut, like, straight for the guttural. Because it just, like, it never stops. Once you find out what's going on, it's just, like, it goes a straight line and... Goes goes through the story. There's no slowdown at all. I felt even like the last Guardians, as much as fun as I had with that movie, there was definitely like slow points. Oh, this, it, it purposely like just like crawls yeah, a halt in the this middle of the movie. Has zero slow points, but at the same time, I'm not feeling like this is just a complete comedy or anything. I think there's other important things going on too. Um, I enjoyed all the character interactions. Like each character, even the smaller roles, like. They had their chances to shine very well. Like um, everybody got plenty of screen time, and uh, their interactions were all fun. Um, like I said, the action scenes—I was surprised how much I enjoyed them, having seen so many of you know action uh, Marvel kind of movies. Um, but they did those so exceedingly well. Um, some really cool set pieces, um, and they really did set up. I think the the larger plot of the Marvel universe for certain certain aspects of this pretty well. Um, I just had a, a blast with it. Honestly, um, I, I there's not there's really nothing I can complain about. Like I think all angles of this thing was pretty well polished and uh, solid. Yeah, it's it has a lot. Um, if you look at the other Thor movies, the original Thor movie was a little was fun, but a little too bogged down in like okay, we're doing the fish out of water thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you didn't you were trying to build Thor up without a lot of action and everything and. The director there, you had Kenneth Branagh, who tried to keep everything very kind of stately and move mm-hmm. it forward that way. And so it suffered a little in that regard, where it just felt just a little too mundane for this is Thor, you know, yeah. as, as But they kind of had to at that time. Yeah, well, I understand why. Yeah. But if you. It, so then the Thor of the Dark World tried to go pure, like, high fantasy, and it just wasn't a lot of fun. I didn't no. really enjoy that movie. And it that should much. have been. Yeah, they, they had the pieces there. Um,. Here they have the pieces and they know what to do with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right. No one's really wasted. Uh, Idris Elba comes back as Heimdall mm-hmm. and they gave him, a, you know, he's not in the movie a lot, but he has more to do than he had in either of the other yeah. two films mm-hmm. where essentially he got a scene a piece pretty much yeah. in the, the in these two movies. And one of the things I asked you as a movie star, how much screen time do you think <laughs> Elba's going to get? And uh, again, they definitely gave him a little bit more to do. Uh, there's a couple characters, if you're a person who kind of knows Marvel Comics and you've been like the deep cuts, you get a couple of interesting little side characters. You get Korg, mm-hmm. the big rock guy, kind of finally, and who, uh, you know, he gets voiced by, I guess, who you start to consider a regular of this director's movies, you know. He brings in some of the New Zealand faces, Rachel, yep. Rachel House, Jeff Goldblum's right-hand <laughs> woman there, and uh, she's like, carrying the melting stick. <laughs> yeah, the melting stick. Uh, but right. it's... Um, just it's crazy and then of course you do get like pretty much everybody who's involved in this world comes back mm-hmm. the new the other new face I guess will be Tessa Thompson who is, plays Valkyrie <laughs> who is a fun nice addition to the world I think I she's another case where I would like to have seen a little bit more of her in uh 
context of everything going on and a little more interaction. But like you said, the movie's moving so quickly. Mm-hmm. They keep it down in runtime, and it, it never feels like it's dragging. But the the weird result is there's moments where this could be... You're invested in this the same way you would be invested in a like indie comedy where it draws out its characters. You know, you feel yeah. like at one point you could be watching it. I don't want to say sitcom, not sitcom, but like an, an hour comedy, you know, comedy driven TV series. The same kind of beats that you want to see happen. Like, oh, let's see, <laughs> yeah. let's see these two characters interact a little more. You want to see that at the same time you you are interested. I will say this: they keep you relatively interested in the action scenes. They yeah, keep the stakes mm-hmm. up. I didn't get bored in the action scenes in this movie, which I don't know what's wrong with me. It's a constant thing for me these days that typically mm-hmm. when even even Wonder Woman at some point I get tired of watching characters hit each other. They find a few new ways for characters to punch each other in this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Doc Strange. Okay, and see, so yeah, it's probably not really a surprise that if you watch Doctor okay. Strange... Yes, it's not in the trailer, I'll give you that. Yeah. But I don't think it's a spoiler because you saw at the end of the movie Doctor Strange... Him talking to Thor. Yeah, so I will say that. If you looked at that and you thought, how are we going to get some Doctor Strange's movie? You do. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little peppering. Just a little bit, yeah. He's definitely one of the cases where I could have used... I would have liked him to utilize him. Not just a little more, but maybe in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that anything involving Strange is bad. What I do like about this, it does feel very comic booky. is we got to see Doctor Strange developed from the inside out, you know, as the origin movies always do, mm-hmm. where we see him, and this is what he thinks of himself, and this is who he is. But we don't really see him being Sorcerer Supreme. You know, you get that final last moment where he's going to go off and be the Sorcerer Supreme. It's kind of neat, and in most most Marvel films, you have that moment, and the next time you catch up with them, it's either in their own movie, or it's in a bigger thing like The Avengers, mm-hmm. and you see them kind of full-fledged doing their thing. It's interesting here... To see other characters in the Marvel Universe meet up with him. He is kind of getting his Sorcerer Supreme groove on finally. Yeah. And they're just meeting him as this powerful wizard. And that yeah, they have no control that over. That they have, right. Yeah. yeah, that they have no control over. It's neat to see him in his element kind of doing a little walk on. Mm-hmm. Kind of just reinforces who he is in a way, I yeah. felt. I felt like they did a nice job of like, this guy's formidable. Like when he shows yeah. up again, if you're not going to see him again until Infinity War... Don't forget this guy, he can hold his own with with the, yeah. with the Norse gods and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's just a fun scene. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun. We've got Hopkins back. I, it, Hopkins, is ha- he's limited in his screen time here, but he's a, three times as good as he was in Transform- trash-like Transformers. Trash-formers 5. Yes, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we've got you got a couple fun little Easter eggs at the end. You've, you mm-hmm. know, Marvel always tries to give you the one that's the so, the serious world building one, mm-hmm. and then they give you the goofy one, which yeah. kind of stately, and which both are worthwhile. Totally, both yeah. both I really liked a lot. Um, and not much more that I really want to say, other than I think it was it's a lot of fun. It's one of the few I can actually see myself going back. I want to take the kids to go see that I can I, see myself yeah. going back to see. I could see, and I think without, with the exception of a few moments of violence, it's pretty. It's 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 mm-hmm. pretty tame. Yeah, it's there's not, a little bit more violence than some of the other ones, but just well, yeah, I don't know about on par with most of them. Like, I would say on par with the, like the Guardians ones, and those are known to be a little bit more violent. Yeah, but um. My last thought on it is you should definitely go see it because it Ragnarok's. 
There you go. They're at Ragnarok's. So, all right, everyone. Uh, Just kind of keeping it short for you this week. So, we do have several other episodes uh, coming your way. We do have the second part of Stephen King. And we will talk to you later. Take care. See you tonight.